From stretch marks to self-love, Talking Out Loud explores it all. Tune in to season two for real, raw relationship stories and advice. I'm your host, Danae Mercer, and I'm happy you're here. Hi guys, welcome back. This week we have a returning expert who was here for season one and was just so incredible, so full of insight that I knew we had to get her back. Joining us today is Dr. Saliha Fridi, clinical psychologist and managing director and founder of the Lighthouse Center for Wellbeing. Dr. Fridi, thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you, Dana, for having me. It's my pleasure. Now today, I really wanted to talk to you about relationships and body image and what insight and expertise you could give our audience into those quite sensitive topics. To start the show, today in my Facebook group, we had a really painful question, but one that comes up a lot. And it was about one of the community members. It was about her partner tearing apart her body. And in this specific instance, she was saying how she's taken to cycling. You know, she has a a bike in her house and she's always cycling and training with trainers and her partner will come over and he'll, he'll pinch her sides and be like, Ooh, you need to work harder. You still got a muffin top. Or he'll look at her butt and be like, Hey, you should be doing more squats. Your butt is still too small. And this is something I hear a lot in the community are, are these situations with men picking apart their their wives, their girlfriends, tearing down their bodies. So how should the wives and girlfriends, like, what do we need to do? How should we handle that? You know, that's um, that's a really tough situation to be in. And I'm afraid I don't have an easy answer that's just straightforward. Tell them to knock it off. Tell them to stop doing that. I don't. It's not as simple as that. Nothing really is. I think, you know, to understand the broader context is that we are getting these messages from everywhere and our whole life that something is not right with our body, right? So this is not just the partner. This is our family, our culture, our media, friends, romantic partners, all of these messages that you should not accept yourself as you are. You can always be thinner, bigger here, smaller there, tighter here, etc. And so I think it's our relationship with ourself that is most important because I would question um, this relationship in multiple ways. First of all, I we have to. I cannot assume that this guy has bad intention because he is doing these things to this girl, because he might be talking like that with himself because he also has been getting such messages. He also feels. Uh, you know, maybe inadequate about his own body. And now he's also projecting that onto her. So I, I will not speak ill of this man or of, of this woman, because these are just messages that we are all surrounded by. But I would want to explore a little bit with this particular person or anyone who experiences something like this, that if a partner is speaking to you that way, where are you allowing that? Where are you not Uh, defending your body as if it was a separate thing from you in the sense that you might defend someone else if her partner came and did that, that to her. You might fight for her and say, hey, listen, you can't talk to people that way and that's not very nice and that's not encouraging and that's not supportive. But you wouldn't do that for yourself because somewhere inside of you, you have internalized that message that I don't want this muffin top or I need to do more squat 
So it's resonating with you and there is some space for him to make such comments. There is that, you know, the gate is sort of opened. And so where do you have self-worth issues? Um, do you somewhere inside of you believe that this is how you should be and which is allowing this person to take the, you know, to make such comments with you? So that's kind of, I don't know if I answered your question, but that's kind of what I want to say about when these comments are made in relationships. Sometimes they're made because that's how the person is talking to themselves. Sometimes, actually, they're making such comments because they think they're doing you a favor. They, this is how they were encouraged by their parents. You know, come on, work harder. This is your goal. You should achieve it. So he might actually be thinking that this is what you want. So have you communicated to him that this is not how you want to be speaking to? This is spoken to. This is not, uh, it's very triggering for you. It's very shaming for you. It's very hurtful for you. Does he know that? Um, or do you, you, have you not even communicated that with him? That's so interesting to hear you say, because in, in her response, she said, you know, and I, and I laugh it off and I try to keep it light and keep it a joke. And I think it's something that really resonated for me because I, I have been in a relationship where someone tore down my body and that's exactly how I handled it. I laughed. I tried to keep it light. I tried to act like it didn't bother me, even though inside it would, it was making me cry and, and feel really bad about myself. So how, how can we communicate, especially if we're not naturally confrontational people, what should we do? Well, I think maybe not having that I think the mindset needs to be not that of a confrontation. This is if you are in this relationship and it is a loving relationship in all other aspects except this one. I mean, obviously, if you are in a relationship where he is just criticizing everything about you, then we have another problem that we need to be talking about. But if this is just one particular area where he's commenting and being saying things that are hurtful for you, um, then I would not say that this is a confrontation. I would say that this is you communicating to him that those words, maybe said with really good intention, are actually hurting you. So there are probably three ways I would suggest that you go about this. One, you should know your own body struggles. The more fluent you are in this space, the better you will be able to communicate that with your partner. What triggers you? How much does it hurt you? Why does it hurt you? What wounds are being triggered because of such comments? Uh, don't expect them to know these things about you. Um, maybe they talk about you, their own weight this way also. Maybe everybody's just laughing about their muffin top. Maybe they're all laughing about jeans not fitting and buttons not you know, buttoning after COVID. And we all have kind of joked about these things. And may, so maybe they don't understand that you feel insecure when they comment on your body or when they comment on someone else's body that is like, you know, totally fit. And it, the, you know, the, the media's, um, this epitome of what a fit body should look like. Maybe you, maybe you need to communicate with that with them, but also tell them that that is a trigger for me when you make comments like that. So it will be very important for you to one, understand your own stuff. Number two, you have to be okay with you. I think this is, I mean, 
I, I say this all, whether it's in a parenting relationship, whether it's in a romantic relationship, somewhere inside of us, we all have a secret fantasy that the partner will come and he will heal us or this child will fulfill us or, you know, that, you know, all of our wounds will be healed and our self-worth will be restored. And while I do believe that love is a great healer, you have got to do your own work. And, you know, somewhere inside, you need to be healing that wound. Maybe you are an emotional eater, or maybe you did have disordered eating and this is how you managed your emotions or numbed your emotions or controlled your, um, your reality. You first have to understand that you have to be okay with you. And if you're not okay with you, don't try to gloss it over with this talk of body love and body positivity. These are just words if, you are, if they don't come from a deep integrated place inside of you. So pay attention to what upsets you why it's there, um, and what you need more of. Could it be that you need more self-compassion? Could it be that you need so kindness? Could it be that you want to just take care of your body by nurturing it, by feeding it healthy foods and not binging on chocolate cake and Doritos, although that does happen sometimes and that's okay. But, you know, there, you know, for the most part, what, are, what, what do you need to listen to in your body? If your body could talk, what would it say? What heal? Uh, what wounds need to be healed from childhood? So that would be okay. That would be number two, that you need to be okay with you. And then I think I would say that the third thing is that you own it. Own it and come to it in a place of non-reactivity and non-violence and non-confrontation. This is about you saying, hey, listen, I don't know if you know this about me, but when you make such comments, I feel really insecure. And when you take apart this body part or that body part, it really hurts me. And so I just want you to know that this, this is not, I, I don't want you to talk like this. Tell him kindly and gently that you don't want constructive criticism or extra motivation to hit the gym, or you don't want him criticizing your eating habits because these are all triggers for you and they trigger a lot of shame in you. But also tell him what you do need. You know, I love it when we work out together. I love it when we eat healthy together. I love it when we are caring for our bodies and loving our bodies. But this picking apart of our body parts, like I'm not good with that. This is not okay with me. So I think, you know, I, I talk about like giving the other person a map on how to navigate this space inside of you and which territory you don't want them traveling into. For example, please do not comment on my food. That is territory I don't want you going into. But you know what? If we go to the grocery store and we say, come on, let's make healthy choices, I'm okay with that. So you are going to have to decide what you are genuinely okay with and what you're not, and then tell your partner how to navigate that space inside of you. I have never heard the idea of giving your partner a map, but I think that's so beautiful because so many of us, we, we do just sort of expect our partners or hope or wish our partners could just know what's going on inside of us. But that's, you know, humans, unfortunately, we, we can't do that. So I, I love the idea of a map. 
Yeah, I think it's better than having, you know, I this boundary chalk sometimes can be scary for people who seek closeness. If I say, listen, Dana, I need, I, this is my boundary. Immediately you're saying you're keeping me out. There's a sense that I'm drawing a line and there's a space between me and you. But if I say, hey, Dana, I want to give you a map about how to navigate this space because I've grown up with a lot of body shaming and body blaming and, you know, body image issues. And I just want to give you this map about how do you navigate that space inside of me and how you can, you know, be part of my healing. It's a very different language than setting boundaries. So I prefer to call them maps rather than boundaries. That's beautiful. I, I love it. And one thing that we have seen happen quite a bit during COVID Unfortunately, are, are a lot of the rise of divorces has the rate of divorces has been increasing, and then there's also been quite a lot of breakups or even couples struggling. And for a lot of women, like when you go through a divorce or through a breakup, I think it can feel very unsettling. You don't know who you are. You don't know you don't know how to navigate your body. You don't know how to navigate the dating world. Do you have any advice for anyone who has experienced that kind of situation right now? So yeah, there's so much I can say to women who are going through um, an ending of a relationship or a breakup. It's such a it's such a destabilizing time in a in a person's life because everything you thought to be true is no longer. So there's an ending of a lot of different things, including your identity of a being a partner in that relationship. So whether you were a wife or a girlfriend or whatever. So I think it is it is a it is you need to take time to mark that ending, to honor that ending, to close that ending. What women often do is they just, okay, well, time to move on and let's just get back into the you know groove of things and don't rush out of that space too quickly. Don't go on the rebound too quickly. Don't try to make yourself feel better too quickly. You will get there. That's just human beings. We will get there. But it, there's a difference between being positive and being optimistic. Positive can sometimes be very superficial and you can just be like, come on, I got this. I'm going to go through this. And what you're doing is a lot of women are actually denying a whole lot of other very difficult feelings inside of themselves. They're distracting themselves. They're numbing themselves by going out. They might be drinking. They might be eating. They might be going out with other people just to distract or numb themselves from the painful experiences of either rejection or abandonment or grief all of that gets triggered inside of us when there's an ending, even if you are the one that actually chose that ending. So I think it's very important for us to honor it and then take time to grieve the loss of it, to mark the ending of it, and also know that you will come out the other side and you will be stronger as a result of it if you do the work. What most people will, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of times we don't know how to navigate these, this space because sometimes we're like, okay, well, time will heal this. And then we just sit and wait for time to do the work. Time's not going to heal anything. Time also metastasizes. Time also makes things chronic. Like what we want to do is we want to engage with active healing. And I'm not saying you have to sit there and cry for days and days, but 
you can journal, you can seek support in a confidant, um, a therapist, you can express yourself through dance, through yoga, through, you know, writing, all of these are expressive measures that you can use to actually engage with that stuff that is bringing that is being brought up because of this ending. Um, So I would say engage with healing actively make it an active process where you are deliberately and consciously going in and saying what is coming up for me right now and how can I clear the space so I don't keep repeating the same patterns so I don't keep finding myself in relationships that are unhealthy for me or what did I learn from this past relationships these are all very good questions for you to consider and think about before you jump into another relationship. The most important relationship in your life will be the relationship you have with yourself and all other relationships, whether it's with money, whether it's with food, whether it's with your body, whether it's with your partner, your children, your father, your mother, your siblings, your colleagues, all of those relationships will be depending utterly, completely, entirely, wholly on your relationship with yourself. So get good with that. And all others, you will be good with eventually as well. And to improve that relationship, we should be what journaling therapy, you know, I'm, I'm just a big fan of therapy, but of course, not everybody has the time or energy or money to actually engage in that. But I, I would say that, you know, we all like Nobody leaves childhood unscathed, okay? You, me, and everyone that is listening, we all have had things happen to us in our, you know, in in our childhood that was too much for us to comprehend. And it might have been as something as simple as your favorite toy was given away without your permission, or that your nanny left and you didn't know the ending wasn't marked, but you were only three years old. So they just thought you were a little kid or something more serious where there was a death in your family, or you experienced a divorce or there was a move, etc. So I think it's important for us to honor that, that each childhood has with it a storyline about rejection or abandonment fears that we have each and every one of us have these fears and and also internalized messages about our self-worth about you are how much you earn you are how you look you are you know a Um, and in a place of power when you are young and beautiful and as you age or as you gain weight, all of a sudden your self-worth starts to get compromised. These are messages that we've gotten. And so I think it's very important to consider all of that through any measure, whether it's a support group, whether it's journaling, whether it's therapy, whether it's dance. You know, that's one thing I've learned recently is engage actively with your body and when you start to see your body in all of its ways you actually can be in all of that because we end up betraying our body one for our mind because mind over matter this is what we hear all the time but we betray our body by evaluating it in such a narrow dimension of how does it look How thin is it? How big is it? How small is it? How poreless is it? How smooth is it? That's it. 
All we care about is the appearance. But what about all the other things our body does? It moves us. It carries us. It supports us. It helps us accomplish our goals. It helps us connect to each other. It helps us love the other. Okay, these are all things our body does. And I think once you move into your body more, whether it's through yoga or dance or any body work, our breath, horse riding, any of these things, I think we start to respect our body a lot more. So where are you denying your body? Where are you betraying your body? And how can you just have a healthier relationship with your body and allow it to speak to you and you speak to it kindly? This is such beautiful advice. I I know for me, doing sport is one of the things I would say that really helped me on my recovery journey. Like it helped me see my body, not just for how it looked, but for exactly what you're saying, for what it could do, for how it felt when it moved, how strong it could be. And it was incredible. Now, one of the, um, one of the things I, I've seen really increase since COVID and everyone's kind of living together and on their phones is the number of women who are messaging in our Facebook group asking about, hey, I noticed my partner is Snapchatting some girls or I've noticed he's only following Instagram models who look a certain way. Or, you know, I've mentioned like, hey, it bothers me when you're chatting to that person online and he doesn't really seem to care. Like how how should women navigate this really, uh, I think, COVID exacerbated situation? Well, COVID or no COVID, this person, when you tell them that something is bothering you and they don't care, it is saying something about your relationship. Today, it's about Snapchat. Tomorrow, it'll be about how you parent. And the next day, it will be how you retire. Like, this is a, a, a foundational issue in a relationship where you are not considering the other person's feelings and you are not considering that it hurts them and you are being self-absorbed in that moment and you are only considering yourself. So for me, there's a bigger issue here beyond Snapchat and COVID is that this person doesn't care that it bothers you and cares more about appeasing himself or herself, whoever it is, um, and, and, and not actually, you know, change their behavior, which is actually not a very healthy behavior if you are in a committed relationship to be checking out other girls or, you know, other people when you are, yourself are in a committed relationship. So somewhere something is not right, but it is signs of bigger issues at play um, that are much more, much, much more beyond COVID and social media. Very good answer. Now, I I would love to keep picking your brains because you are just such an incredible wealth of knowledge and, and resource for so many of the things that so many of us are struggling with. But I'm aware of time. So where could our listeners find you if they want to ask some questions of their own? So I am most easily reached at on Instagram um, at, at Dr. Saliha Afridi. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Perfect. Well, thank you again for coming back on our show. And guys, I'll link the first episode we did with Dr. Saliha down, down in the comments below. So check that out. And please remember to click subscribe. We will have another episode up next week. Talk to you all soon.